Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, and thanks for joining me again for the A Better HR Business Show. I'm really looking forward to chatting with today's guest, Penny Morgan. Penny is the founder and CEO of Carefree HR Solutions, and she helps organizations leverage HR technology to increase process efficiencies throughout the entire employee lifecycle, and also to move HR from a tactical to a strategic business partner focus. So Penny, thanks very much for joining me today. Thanks so much, Ben. It's great to be here. Yeah, good to have you. Now, like me, you're a little geographically challenged. I'm an Aussie in Ireland, and to paraphrase Sting, you're an English woman in New York. So, how is life in the Big Apple? Indeed, um, it's you know it's great. Uh, I'm here in New York, and it's a little drizzly today, but um, pretty much you know the the city that never sleeps is still going. <laughs> That sounds exactly like my hometown, Perth, in Australia. So let's get started. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into consulting? Yeah, so I mean, I guess from being really small, I've always been really interested in solving puzzles and making things really simple, Um, you know, from pulling things apart and trying to figure out how they work and repurpose them. So when I got into the workforce, you know, and we looked within HR at processes and procedures, I just never really understood why they were always so complex. And so I was always trying to look for ways to make them simpler. And so, you know, over the years, I have moved more towards once technology took off, you know, how do I use technology in order to really help HR teams get rid of a lot of the kind of mundane um, administration and really add value in terms of doing more strategic work. So using that technology, you know, it helps you automate so many processes, um, helps you get the data out and helps you really tell the right story and focus your energies on the right things. Yeah, that's a very important area. And what about the transition? So what were you doing prior to setting up your own business in terms of an HR side of work? And then what was the transition like to your own business? Yeah, so I worked, um, my initial starting point was as a retail manager. So I had the operations and the business side and then moved um, into HR full time um, and did that for a number of years across retail and media. And then I had the opportunity to come to the States uh, and then moved into the nonprofit field, actually, which was kind of my way of giving back to the States and giving me the opportunity to come here. Um, And then I did that for like a good few years. And I just had this yearning to really want to step out and and do something on my own. And so in 2015, I stepped out to set up my own, um, my own business. Yeah. And was that a scary moment for you? I mean, I think I would be challenged to meet any business owner that wasn't scared at some point. <laughs> yeah. um, but certainly uh, I kind of, it was, I removed the platform and I kind of had to just jump. So yes, it was scary, but it was really important that I wanted to do work that I was super passionate about. I really yeah. enjoyed the technology side of things and I wanted to to focus on that. And that actually, when I stepped out, that was really before, you know, the kind of HRIS manager had really taken off mm-hmm. as its own role. 
Um, and that's really what I wanted, where I wanted to start. So um, I decided to kind of create that, if you like, on my own and just um, carved out a space that kind of allowed me to help HR managers like figure out what technology was, because typically, you know, that's not really our subject matter expertise. Yeah. Uh, you know, take all the stress away and help those teams. Um, and then, as you know, the HRIS manager was birthed, as it were, and, you know, technology's kind of exploded on the HR scene. Yeah, definitely. So at the start, I was saying that you help organizations leverage HR technology to increase process efficiencies throughout the entire employee lifecycle and to move HR from a tactical to a strategic business partner focus. So what does that mean to, an, uh, to a client? Yeah, so I what it means to a client is really you know, that a lot of the processes and things that stop us from being able to spend time with our with our people as HR folks, I help you automate those so that we can really do some really cool things and add value more strategically. Nice. What are some examples of that automation? Uh, so, you know, be it from an onboarding process to some of the performance management aspects that, you know, a lot of managers groan about. I try to make that as simple as possible. So, you know, I talk often about how rich the conversation should be and the, you know, the, the, the paperwork portion or the online portion is just a container. And if we're really performance managing in the way that we should be doing, it's the art of the conversation and the frequency of the conversation rather mm. than the documenting of it all. Yeah, right. So in the marketing world, when we talk about features versus benefits, I know a lot of people would talk about HR technology in the sense of features such as it does this and it can upload that and this thing can be moved over there. But the benefit is you're going to have much higher quality conversations with your team. They're going to know what you want from them. They're going to be able to focus on that. You can remove barriers and they're going to perform better as a result. So it's, it's almost removing things, freeing up the managers to do their best. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. What kind of clients are you working with? So I have uh, decided to focus my energies in the nonprofit space. Mm-hmm. Um, and primarily, you know, I work either in capacity building or small to medium sized organizations that really, um, you know, are looking to singularly focus on fighting, a, you know, one particular aspect of social justice. And in terms of marketing or selling HR technology services and then the full employee lifecycle support, a lot of clients wouldn't necessarily know that HR technology is the solution to their problem. Is that fair enough to say? Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of education around that. And I think, you know, addressing those challenges that organizations have and then, you know, educating them on technology and how that can actually, like we said before, remove some of the mundane and really zero in on the high quality impact um, solutions that you can provide. I mean, that's, uh, that's really where I focus. Gotcha. Because I was curious as to how you got your first few clients and then how that's evolved over time. So does that mean you start out with a focus on the building blocks, the basic blocks of HR services, and then move up that value chain to the HR technology implementation? Tell us how do you get your clients and how yeah. do you get your first ones? No, absolutely. I mean, there are, there are a bunch of different ways in the sense that, you know, it could be that a, a client is experiencing a challenge and so, you know, you talk to them in terms of solution and then you're able to bring in that HR technology. I often do, you know, create small forums. I'm a member of a, a, a nonprofit board 
and so of HR folks. And so there are opportunities there to kind of like showcase, share challenges and, you know, offer solutions there for yep. free. Um, and then really just, you know, a question of the other entry point is, you know, if you have a system already, a lot of people may hate the system because they don't really know how it works or they didn't purchase it. So they didn't get to spend the time doing, you know, as much of the onboarding as they should have done. And so I kind of go in and help them figure out how to maximize that system. Um, and if, you know, ultimately they decide that that's probably not right for them, uh, then I help them choose the new one and implement it. Brilliant. And when you first started, how did you get your first clients then? Because that's always a scary moment. Yes. Yeah, so my first, interestingly enough, my first client came uh, through an agency. And it's an interesting story because they, they're a large organ, large financial institution. And uh, they had been looking for an HR partner um, to help them implement the, the piece of technology they'd already purchased. And the agency kept sending them IT people. And uh, whilst it was, you know, a, from a certain perspective, IT was really important, they really needed somebody who understood HR, HR processes, et cetera. Mm. And so um, they'd opened the search, the, the launch was supposed to kick off in January, they'd opened the search in October and probably seen 10 to 13 people, um, all of which were kind of IT people. And they kind of threw their hands up wow. at the end of the year and said, I just don't know where I'm going to find this person from. And I just happened, that was literally when I'd stepped out, interestingly enough. And I um, happened to be engaged with this staffing agency. The person happened to be from, um, happened to be from England too, in New York, <laughs> but, you know, serendipitous really. And, you know, I was telling her about what I really want to do and how I want to drive my, and she said, hold on a second. And she stepped next door, she talked to a colleague and then the <laughs> colleague came in, literally, this is the story, and um, said, tell me a little bit more about what it is that you want to do. And I explained <laughs> why I did it. He said, oh, my God, I think I may have found, I think we may have found her. Brilliant. So literally, um, you know, in the midwinter and, you know, I want to say three feet to four feet of snow, I go to interview this company <laughs> um, and I interviewed, I think, the Monday and by the next week, which is the fastest they've ever onboarded anybody because they're a compliance company um, and typically it takes forever. Uh, yeah. I was in seat that next Monday as the HR partner and actually stayed with them through the whole implementation, which took a year. Wow. That's that fantastic. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Serendipitous. Yeah. Yes, it was. Very good. What, what about now? So I, I need to find out what you do, what ideas you might share with people listening because you're very proactive. The way you got your first client was a serendipitous moment. You now have systems and processes, I know, to grow your business. And let me ask, I know you recently went off for a planning session. What was that all about and why were you doing that? And then let's move into, you know, how do you actually plan to grow the business itself going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think that in, in the course of the work that you do, you always come across different challenges or different solutions. I'm up until this point was an independent and so there are only so many hours in the day, but you know, if you really, most people that move into the entrepreneurial space are there because they want to solve a problem. And so when you speak to people or speak to clients and they have challenges, you want to be able to solve those. But with only 40 hours in a day, at some point you start to, you know, have that conversation with yourself that says, I still want to solve these problems, but I'm going to need to either scale or I need to find different solutions so that I can help all the people that kind of come my way. Yep. And so for me, part of that planning process is really about how 
I intend to scale the business. Um, you know, what technologies and processes I can use in the five years that I've been working so far to help kind of take me to that next level. So, you know, you've built a body of work over those five years. Now, how do you take that body of work on the road in a way that now you can kind of reach um, far more clients than you were doing before? You recently went and spent a bit of time doing some actual thinking on this. So you got out of the office, am I right? Mm -hmm. What was that all about? I mean, I think for me, you know, sometimes when you're in the work environment, you're so um, head down, focused on, you know, delivering for the clients that you do have that sometimes changing the environment. And certainly for me, I found changing the environment. I'm very much a person that likes to walk by the beach and the water, you know, really helps me um, think more clearly. Uh, but just getting out of the environment really kind of helps the thought process. And so you're just disrupting that that routine that you always have. And that in itself can help to kind of drive some creativity. And so for me, that's the, that's the kind of space or that's the kind of environment I like to put myself into every so often. Um, sometimes to reflect part way through the year and, you know, how the year's going and how I might need to pivot or, or tweak in order to, you know, finish out the year strong um, mm-hmm. and or, you know, towards the end of the year, like now planning for, you know, 2021 or the quarter one of the next year. Definitely. That's a great idea. And certainly getting out of the office uh, away from the four walls. Uh, gives a fresh perspective. Yeah, new ideas just sort of bounce out where you might have been struggling to come up with different concepts or way of structuring things. What's your advice to people listening, whether they be solo or trying to scale up their consulting business? What's your advice in terms of client acquisition and finding ways to grow the business? I mean, I, I think one of the key things is the often when you step out, you think, oh my goodness, where am I going to find clients from? You know, for the for the employers that you've already worked for through friends, you can create very quickly a database of two or three people um, that you can then use to, you know, to try and furrow and see whether or not, you know, there are opportunities there. So I, I think that helps probably to make it a little less scary. Yep. And then it's really, you know, use your HR community. You know, as, as HR folks, we're, you know, we're often just like other communities sharing best practices, you know, articles, etc go like go online have co- you know have virtual coffees with people talk to people about you know the things that they're doing how to how to you know do your outreach etc people are very gracious and so you know you don't have to do it all on your own is what i would also say um often you know we think we have to know all the answers but the community is very supportive Um, And then also I would say, look outside of your community because any good HR person, you know, knows good finance people, knows good operations people, knows good salespeople. Because as an independent running your own business or even scaling your business, you have to do all of those activities initially. And so, you know, it's good to really get good advice from individuals that that's their subject matter expertise. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like the way you described being on a board of a nonprofit or a community or a group of HR leaders and so on. You know, so you're giving back, but also it's an opportunity to share ideas and potentially raise your profile. And you attended the HR Consultant Bootcamp. Did you find that helpful? Because I know people listening are sometimes wondering about that. What were your thoughts and would you recommend it to others? Yeah, I mean, for me, what it did for me is I had attended a, a kind of a marketing uh, bootcamp prior And whilst it helped me put the building box in place to have somebody 
who understands HR, who's worked in HR, understands the nuances. That for me was kind of the golden ticket. And, the, and then the other piece really, uh, and was different to the other bootcamp I attended was, is the ability to um, do a weekly call with your team and really kind of solve challenges that way. That was not only camaraderie, because sometimes that can feel, you know, you can feel very isolated on your own out here, yeah, yeah. Um, but just the ability to really check in on a regular basis and talk with others yep. um, and know that you're not alone uh, and provide, you know, provide either some pearls of wisdom or really get some pearls of wisdom. I mean, I think that in itself is priceless. So I run it with Manny, but, and we like to share ideas, but I know we got ideas off you and others did too. And, and others in the group shared lots of good stuff. So it's, yeah, you're right. It's a, a communal learning environment and also a good laugh actually. So it is, in terms of the broader HR field, what do you see coming down the road for HR and the world of work and how should listeners get prepared for these changes? I mean, I think that, you know, there's a lot of discussion around, you know, how you engage employees and the the new leadership or, you know, the more focused, should I say, because they're not really new, focused um, skills that managers are going to need in order to lead. Um, it's interesting that a knee-jerk reaction as part of, you know, the pandemic that we're experiencing right now, cost-cutting cost measures always seems to be learning and development and actually, you know, this time around, it's even more important that the learning and development folks yeah. are helping yeah. to lead the way. Um, and, and that I haven't necessarily seen in a lot of organizations. They've immediately gone to cut. And certainly a lot of my uh, learning and development colleagues have kind of found themselves uh, looking for new roles, ultimately. But, you know, we're six, we were six months in at that time. And I think organizations are starting to realize oh gosh we need to reskill and in order to reskill we really need our learning and development folks to kind of help us chart that pathway along with you know hr in terms of the the broader yeah. human capital agenda but that's definitely one piece the advent of you know ai everybody's talking about or has been talking about that and just, again, from a technology perspective, being smart about how you deploy technology. So, um, you know, again, I'm just going to riff right now, but I just listened to the podcast. Uh, um, I can't remember his name, Lewis, somebody or other, around SCORE and just how smart they are at taking the um, the learnings that have been shared via either Salesforce, Google, wherever in organizations and helping to create development, individual development pathways that way and using oh, it in yes. a slightly different way. Um, and, and that's just very, very smart way to go about doing things, right? You, again, there, is only, there are only so many hours in a day. There are only so many people that can be in a learning development department and the costs that are associated with it. So you just have to get much smarter about how you are reskilling your workforce. And then for HR, I mean, particularly, you know, we have become the center of, um, you know, all things engagement for our staff and kind of been thrust onto the stage that we've been dying for for a long time. So it, it's really making sure that we want to have the right skills to be able to kind of lead our teams into this new future world. But secondarily, that we understand more and we embed ourselves more in the various departments to understand how their business works so that we can continue to be a, a strong partner. Absolutely. And for you listening, wherever you are, Penny was mentioning Lewis. So that's episode 37 of this podcast, Lewis Novo of SCORE. 
So Penny, thank you very much. You've been sharing so many good ideas in your background and you've built a fantastic business and it's going only up and up. So that's really impressive. What if people want to learn more about you, partner with you, engage you, bring a client to you, what should they do next? Sure. Um, they can reach me via the website, um, which is www.carefreehrsolutions.com. Or you can email me directly at penny at carefreehrsolutions.com. Brilliant. All right. We'll have those details on the show notes. So Penny, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed our chat and all the best for you and your business. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.